and welcome to the 456th episode of Travel Itch Radio. I'm your host today, Roger Noriega, pinch hitting for the indelible Dan Schlossberg. And of course, my co-host, uh, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, uh, will be joining us shortly. And I have to tell you, this is the 11th season of Travel Itch Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And being that as it may tonight, we are pleased to welcome Amanda Murphy, of the State of Tennessee's Department of Tourist Development. Welcome to Travel Itch Radio. Thank you, Roger. It is an incredible honor to be here tonight, and it's not lost on me that this is a special week for our industry. It's National Travel and Tourism Week, uh, which just is a great time to be talking about travel especially and proud to represent Tennessee tonight. Wow. Let me tell you, we're going to start off. Uh, asking you about the big stuff right away. So, Amanda, thank you for joining us. And for our audience, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're used to having Dan on, but I am covering for him tonight. But you will recognize Mary Ellen. And I know that Amanda (laughs) and Mary are looking at their notes like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is Roger, and this is what Roger does. But all kidding aside, Amanda, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is the most visited of all the national parks. I had no idea, more than 400 in all. Now that spring has sprung and warm weather lasts longer in your state, please tell our listeners about it. Yeah, you know, I've lived in Tennessee 20-plus years, and I also didn't know until I started working in tourism what an incredible asset. I knew about the park, but I didn't realize that it was the largest. They had over 14 million visitors last year, and wow. it's, it's year-round. There's really no off-season. Spring and summer are my favorite seasons to visit, and a great time to go there. You know, we also have 56 state parks, a number of scenic byways. Um, waterfalls are really special. A lot of people come to Tennessee to chase waterfalls. We have over 500 music and caves, cool. miles and miles of waterways. So we've got something for everyone. Tennessee offers so many different experiences. Would you give us a brief overview of the cities and regions in the state? Yeah, Tennessee is a long state. I think a lot of our visitors are sometimes surprised. They think Memphis and Nashville are right next to each other, and that is a misnomer. It is 440 miles wide. So um, we, we reach, I think, seven or eight contiguous states. We, we touch a lot of ground. Um, but if you start in the west, you have Memphis right on the mighty Mississippi, home of the Blues, Elvis, Graceland, Bill Street, and um, the Grizzlies. So the NBA team, they're doing real well this season, so go Grizz. Then a few hours to the east, in the middle part of the state, you've got Nashville, which is our state capital, Music City. Um, we've got Ryman Auditorium, Country Music Hall of Fame, Grand Ole Opry, and just a really amazing culinary scene. And then as you head east, you've got Chattanooga. Chattanooga's in the southeastern corner. Last year, Forbes named it a top work from home city, which is a great honor for that area. It's often called Gig City. They have citywide fiber, and they, they did that many years ago. They were ahead of the curve. Uh, home to Ruby Falls, Rock City, and then the Tennessee Aquarium, and it sits right on the banks of the Tennessee River, so their downtown's really beautiful. And then 
If you go a little bit north, you've got Knoxville, which was the first capital of Tennessee before Nashville, so the original Wild West over there. Um, lots of great <laughs> history, a fantastic art scene. Um, we counted, the last time I was there, actually, we counted because they just kept saying, and try this brewery, and try this brewery. And so we said, how many breweries are here? And we discovered it was more breweries in that one county than any part of the state. So I'm sure it's related to the um, University of Tennessee College right there in their um, in their city, but also on the banks of the Tennessee River. So great outdoor town. And then Tri-Cities are up in the far northeast corner, which is home of Johnson City, Bristol, and Kingsport. And that's where Bristol Motor Speedway is and lots of great scenery there too. The Appalachian Mountains kind of head right through that region. So just beautiful mountains, water, cities. We've got it all. It definitely sounds like it. Many people are reminded of the Chattanooga Choo Choo song when they think of Tennessee, but aren't there seven genres of music that call Tennessee home? And can anyone take a musical road trip across Tennessee to hear them all? Yes, yes. Um, I'm glad you didn't pop quiz, though, because I would be challenged to name everything. We we have seven genres. Um, (laughs) Blues, hang on, I'm going to do this from memory. Test me. They're gonna. They're gonna. I hope. I hope my coworkers aren't listening right now. Blues, bluegrass, country, gospel, soul, rockabilly, and rock and roll. Those are the genres that call Tennessee home. And music just runs deep in our DNA. Back in 2019, Ken Burns did that fantastic documentary, Country Music. Um, you can find music in every corner of our state, every city, festivals, music venues. It's really just everywhere so we're really proud of it and then in 2018 we launched a program called the tennessee music pathways um, just really encouraging visitors to take a a music inspired journey across the state and then beyond maybe the areas that they know which are bristol and nashville and elvis and memphis and kind of get out into the the smaller towns where a lot of great music happened in those communities too nashville as you mentioned before calls itself music city and, of course, with good reason. Is it home of both the Grand Ole Opry and the Country Music Hall of Fame? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, yes, we have so much music in Nashville. It is 24-7. Um, Grand Ole Opry is just an incredible experience. You can tour the backstage there and stand in the middle of the circle and just know that greatness has truly happened there. And then for any any music junkie, not just country, they're going to love the Country Music Hall of Fame because it really dives into kind of the origins of, of music um, and then walks you right through current-day artists. It's, it's really special. I understand that visitors can walk down the streets of Nashville at night and hear all kinds of music through nearly every doorway. Yeah, you know what's fun about Nashville is it's not just at night. That's one of the things even – working downtown that I'm sometimes surprised at. You can walk down the street at 10 a.m. and you will hear some fantastic music coming out of those honky-tonks. We've got the Honky Tonk Mile, um, which is the famous Lower Broadway. You just you, you never know who you're going to run into. The music is fantastic, and it really, you know, I think there's a small window somewhere around 4 a.m. where it might be quiet, but not for very long. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. And finally, I believe you mentioned it earlier, 
are you able to tell us about the Ryman Auditorium? Uh, we're, the Ryman is such a special venue. It is right smack in the center of downtown Nashville. It, it is a historic venue. It's a historic landmark, actually, but it is one of the most celebrated venues in music, and many artists will comment on what an honor it is to play that stage. It's over 100 years old. It was built in 1892. It first started as a tabernacle. So you can imagine just the acoustics um, in that building are really special. But it, it um, you know, really kind of took a new direction in the 20s and then transformed to become just the icon that it is today. But it was the original home of the Grand Ole Opry and hard to believe, but it was saved from demolition at some point in the 70s. And now it's just this celebrated venue. Um, so, yeah, it's really incredible. On May 4th, which was yesterday, um, yes. It was the anniversary of their very first concert back in 1892. So, oh, very, wow. very special place. Indeed. I suppose it is safe to say that Tennessee is the birthplace of country music. We hear there's a country music museum in Bristol. Yes, Bristol, up in that northeast corner, part of the Tri-Cities, is where country music was born. That's where the Bristol Sessions took place back in 1927. And um, a lot of people call that the Big Bang of country music, which I think is a perfect descriptor. I can imagine a bunch of songwriters sitting around and thinking, what are we going to call this? Um, but that, that museum there tells the story of that event, which really laid the groundwork for what country music is today. And it's where the first recordings with the Carter family and Jimmy Rogers, the father of country music. So, um, you know, it's it's just a really important place to kind of honor that was the origin story for country music before what we know now as Music City in Nashville. Ladies, gents, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Trouble Itch Radio. We are talking with Amanda Murphy, of course, about the great state of Tennessee. <laughs> Amanda, I love Elvis. So one of my favorite places is Graceland. And second only to the White House, I understand Graceland is the most visited residence in the country. What would you say makes it so appealing? Yeah, it is really special. Um, that's where Elvis lived. It's, you know, it's not every day that you can walk in a home where, you know, one of the greatest musicians of all time, greatest singer-songwriters, rock and roll, lived. Um, and it's truly a reflection of him. They've just done a remarkable job preserving it as a mecca um, for fans. And I don't know if you have a favorite room, Mary Ellen. I have a favorite room. I actually love his plane. I can't believe they have this plane right there. It isn't it special. So I love his jungle room. It takes me oh, back yes. to my childhood. Um, and it is really just the ultimate man cave where he recorded, you know, his final song. So it's really special. The upstairs, you know, we don't know what that looks like. It's closed to the public. I, I hear that sometimes his family pops in and they might stay there. And then, of course, he's buried in the meditation garden now. So it's just a special place. Yes. It is so special. I have to agree with you. And then if people are going to the Great Smokies, that absolutely would not be complete without a trip to the Dollywood theme park and water park. Now, also, would you say would you say that a stay at Dollywood's Dream More Resort and Spa is the best way to enjoy all that Dollywood excitement? Oh, I love 
I love the Dream More. Yeah, any day spent at Dollywood is just a great day, but Dream More has just really elevated that experience. Um, it is a luxury resort with all of the amenities you expect, but what makes it even better is just that easy access to the park. You can just hop on a trolley and they get you right there. You don't have to worry about parking. Um, I had the opportunity to visit over Christmas last year, and it's just an extravagant affair, as you might imagine, that maybe Dolly played a hand in decorating. We did We did ponder, where do they store all of these Christmas decorations? <laughs> um, but it's just a fantastic, there's a spa, and the dining there is quite fantastic. Um, and, you know, as you might imagine, great, huge porches. But here's some... Fun news, um, Dollywood announced earlier this year they're adding another resort, the Heartsong Lodge. So that's slated to open next year. So I'm excited mm. to check that one out, too. Oh, absolutely. That sounds great. And people that are that are really into history, what will visitors find on the U.S. Civil Rights Trail in Tennessee? Uh, I understand two new sites have been added, the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville and the Stax Museum of American Soul Music in Memphis. Yeah, our civil rights history is so rich and, and impactful, and we're just proud to tell those stories. We do. We have 14 stops, including the two that you just mentioned, the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville and Stax in Memphis, and they both really just help tell that greater story of how Tennessee changed the world through music. Um, the National Museum of African American Music just celebrated their one-year anniversary, so it's hard to believe they opened during a pandemic, which is kind of crazy, but it's just a really <laughs> special place. And then Stax has this fantastic music legacy. They produced hits for Otis Redding, Isaac yes. Hayes, Aretha Franklin, Booker T and the MGs, um, and just tremendous chart success. You know, and that was all done during a time where our our country was really, you know, grappling with some difficult issues. So it's just a special special place and continues to be so. And now they have added an academy. So you've got Stax Music Academy, which um, just continues building and teaching students. And, and the students at the academy are amazing, and they actually tour the world probably annually. They're, they're um, often on tour internationally. So just a fantastic, fantastic museum there on site, too, and they're just continuing that tradition of great music. Oh, that's terrific. We are talking with Amanda Murphy about the great state of Tennessee. Tennessee's tourism industry continues to outperform the national growth of travel. We hear that Tennessee's hospitality industry is also committed to conserving and protecting natural resources. What are some of the clean, green, and sustainable ways to eat, explore, lodge, and travel across the state? Yeah, it, Tennessee is really growing, and, and we see that not just in industry and, and people moving, but we're seeing that with an increase in visitation. And with that, you know, we believe we have a responsibility to protect and preserve our natural resources. That's what makes our state so special. But you're right. There are a lot of opportunities to stay and play in eco-friendly ways. Um, Chattanooga has the crash pad. It is a hostel. It's designed with eco you know, sustainable travel in mind. You can find affordable lodging in any style you want, designed with energy efficiency. And then food, food, great 
sustainable food options. Agriculture is actually our number one industry with tourism as number two. So you can imagine a lot of ways um, that restaurants have just incorporated the farm fresh offerings. And of course, so many great locally crafted beers here. Um, and East Nashville Beer, Beer Works has really taken it to the next level and working to reduce their environmental impact. So that's something we're really proud of, and you can always find more ideas on our website, tnvacation.com. Tennessee also strives to be at the forefront of sustainability efforts to preserve its natural beauty, wonder, and charm for future generations. The Lichterman Nature Center Museum of Science and History in Memphis is a great example. What can guests learn by exploring the 65-acre Nature Center and Arboretum? Yeah, well, I want to start just by saying, you know, Memphis, I think a lot of people don't realize this, but Memphis in general is just a fantastic city to be in for people who love the outdoors. You've got the river right through downtown. It's just incredible. So parks galore, and the Lichterman Nature Center is just truly special. It's one of a great opportunity to just explore the outside. It's a certified arboretum right in the heart of the city, and it's all about education and conservation, and visitors will find hiking and plants and so much more. And then what's fun, you know, if they have a little more time, that's part of the Pink Palace family of, uh, Pink, Pink Palace family of museums, so there are a lot of opportunities to get some hands-on expertise. Day trips and road trips are also a popular way to see Tennessee, and motorists can get the most out of their Tennessee travels by stopping at a state welcome center for information. I'd like to hear more about the Solar Farm Welcome Center on I-40. Yeah, that's our brand new. We Well, it's the newest welcome center. So we have 16 welcome centers across the state. These are just wonderful facilities. They're very clean, and the staff have a really deep knowledge about the state, and they love sharing that with visitors. So you're right. I encourage anyone to stop into any of our 16 welcome centers and, and feel free to ask the host, where do I need to go? They know their area, and they know the whole state really well. But what's special, the solar farm is in Haywood County on I-40. So if you're heading towards Memphis, um, it's a great place to take a rest. And it's our newest. It's part of a 25-acre megawatt solar farm managed by the University of Tennessee. So we have a partnership with the university. Um, it does go back to the grid. So, you know, we're creating energy in that area and visitors can pop in and there's actually an exhibit there that teaches and educates about how the surrounding communities are using that solar energy. So, you know, we have more than 14 million visitors annually through our Welcome Center. So it's a great opportunity for us to just teach them more about how to use that renewable energy. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, we're talking with Amanda Murphy about Tennessee. And, of course, you're listening to Travel Edge Radio here with Dan Schlossberg. Oh, I mean, Roger Noriega <laughs> and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. We're, of course, on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and Facebook. Check out the archive show at your convenience, of course. Thanks, Roger. And, Amanda, <laughs> Tennessee is the volunteer state. With even some of your sports teams called Vols or Volunteers, where did that nickname come from? Yeah, so that nickname goes way back. Um, and I hear it's a little bit, the origin story is a little bit contested, but I hear that it's back to 1812. Andrew Jackson gathered an army of volunteers from Tennessee and 
expected just a few and got way more than he expected and ended up winning the Battle of New Orleans with this volunteer militia um, and just cemented his legacy as uh, an officer and and maybe birthed Tennessee's volunteer state uh, moniker there. But, you know, it is ingrained in our state and everything we do. You'll see neighbors helping neighbors. Um, I've seen it when in 2010 um, the flood came through Nashville. That was that was something that was so incredible. People were just out helping one another. So it is a point of pride. And, of course, the University of Tennessee wears that nickname. It's their badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Now, Amanda, tell us, what are some of your favorite unexpected destinations in Tennessee? Well, I have a lot. Um, so we're going <laughs> to narrow that down for you. There are two unexpected that come to mind and are probably my two favorite stories to tell. One is Discovery Park of America, which is in the northwest part of our state. It's about a two-hour drive from Memphis, um, right before you cross into Missouri. It is in a very rural agriculture part of our state, and it was started. It's a museum science center, but it's really on steroids. It's just a huge um, discovery playground for adults and kids alike and it was started by the owner of Kirkland's which is a retail a national retail store Um, he was from that area and he traveled the world and collected all of these unique items and didn't really know my understanding is didn't really know what to do with them and he also wanted to find a way to give back to his community so that's kind of how the museum started but just a fantastic place. They tell the story of Real Foot Lake, which is right down the road, um, and it was formed by an earthquake. So you can go in and learn about the earthquake and how that shifted the land, and then you can feel it. They have a little simulator. Um, there's also a torture chamber room. So he had an unusual um, collection of torture chamber devices collected from all over the world. So it's just unique. Um, and it, it's dinosaurs and just a woolly mammoth. They've got a little bit of everything. So that's one of my favorite places to visit. And the other one would probably be Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. It's not every day that you can say, want to go to prison with me and mean it. <laughs> but I will invite you to come visit the prison. It's north of Knoxville, also in a really remote area. It is, you you just, it's a massive um, old prison surrounded by hills, right, because they didn't want the prisoners to have easy access out of the prison. It was for the most hardened of hardened criminals. And um, probably 10 years ago, it closed, I believe, in the 90s, but a couple were riding motorcycles in the area, and they saw this magnificent prison and said, hey, we should start a restaurant here or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's my understanding is it was um, on the fly. They, they t- it took a long time, but they eventually bought the prison. It is now open for tours. You can tour the prison. I hear it's haunted. I've not done a haunted mm. tour, but you can do that oh. if you're into that. And then they have a restaurant on site called the Warden's Table and a distillery where they produce their own end-of-the-line moonshine. I just think it's so clever. So um, it's a really <laughs> unique place just in an area that is just so so hauntingly beautiful and I think that's the only way to describe it so I just I always love telling people about that destination oh absolutely it sounds so they both sound so fun well we'll have to get you here 
Uh, oh, yeah. I love Tennessee. <laughs> Listen, we'd love to know more about David Crockett State Park. I remember all the Davy Crockett stories depicted on Walt Disney Presents, and I'm probably dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> No, he so yeah, we have Davy Crockett or David Crockett I think is the 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 way that they tell me is the correct way. I think Davy is how I had it ingrained. But we have <laughs> stories all across the state, right? He was born in East Tennessee, then he lived in Middle, and then he finished his lifetime in West. So literally everyone in Tennessee has a David Crockett story, but um the park is the state park is what you're referring to and that's in Middle Tennessee not too far south of Nashville in, a, in an area called Lawrence County. And, you know, it's just, it pays homage. He started industry in that area. So where the park is now, it used to have a millstone, um, all kinds of um, things that he really built in that community. And they, they were flooded, unfortunately. So those are not there anymore. But there are, there is a grist mill there now that you can kind of get a sense of what it might have when he was still there. And, They've got fantastic cabins and camping. And then in August, um, they have David Crockett Days, and there are lots of reenactments and skills competitions. But these aren't skills competitions like what we think of. It's tomahawk throwing or fire starting. So, you know, you've got to hearken your pioneer spirit to really excel at this. But, yeah, just a great, a great tribute um, to his contributions in that area. And, and speaking of outdoor, outside kind of camping things, true or false, couples can rent a luxury tree house in a cedar tree, and that's a half hour north of Nashville, and it even has 49 little LED stars in the ceiling to mimic sleeping outdoors. Uh, is that right? Yes, so that's our beach house, not B-E-A-C-H, but B-E. CH, just like beach tree. Yes, Ooh. it is amazing. It's the Greenbrier Beach House. It's a gorgeous tree house. It's just close enough to Nashville. You have all the amenities of a big city, but you better plan on unplugging because I believe the cell service is a little bit spotty out there, which is sometimes exactly <laughs> what we want when we're booking a tree house, right? But um, <laughs> yeah. it is in an area, yeah, it's in an area of Robertson County. It is nestled. Back in the woods, there's a cedar tree that runs through the treehouse, and then there's a second <gasps> smaller treehouse, so you can take a, an extra friend with you and a massive porch. So it's just a great way to get out in the woods. You know, so interesting treehouse. We have them everywhere now. I, they're just they've become a really popular thing in the last couple of years. So it's great to have one in such close proximity to Middle Tennessee. Oh yeah. We're talking with Amanda Murphy about Tennessee. Tennessee is home to world-class whiskey, wine, beer, and fine spirits. What's the new, I'm sorry, what's new, okay, now I think I've had a bit of whiskey. What's new on the Tennessee whiskey trail? I apologize. Uh, no, it's fitting. It's fitting. It's okay. We we forgive you. We'll blame it on the jack. Um, yeah, we, have so many, we have 25 distilleries on the Tennessee Whiskey Trail all across the state. We, you know, this is Tennessee has a long history with its whiskey, um, dating back to the 1700s when the settlers realized our land was great for farming and and apparently 
fulfilling. Um, you know, some great stories in Bristol, too, about some moonshine running. I think that's how NASCAR started. But, you know, the oldest registered <laughs> distillery is in Lynchburg, and Jack Daniels. So Jack Daniels is just um, one of many, many fantastic distilleries we have. One thing I want to point out, May 21st, which is right around the corner, is International Tennessee Whiskey Day. So if anybody needs an excuse to pull out their Tennessee whiskey, May 21st is your day to do it. Um, and right. we also have a great event. Yeah, a great event right in Nashville. We're doing the first ever Tennessee Whiskey Trail Experience. So we've got over 30 distillers coming out, and they're going to be doing tastings and some chef pairings and educational workshops. So a great time to get out and try whiskey and get to know some of our partners. Mm-hmm. That really sounds cool. That That is. Now, in addition to whiskey, there are many great restaurants across the state. Please tell us about the Black Rabbit in Old Nashville and the storied past of the historic Printer's Alley neighborhood, if you would, please. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. Black Rabbit is just fantastic. That whole area is just great. But Black Rabbit just really captures that sort of 1900 speakeasy vibe, which is perfect for Printer's Alley um, because that's kind of <laughs> what it was known for in the 1900s um, during Prohibition. So the building that Black Rabbit is in dates back to the late 1800s, and I hear that it was a meeting place for notable mafia members. I don't can't confirm that. It wasn't mm. around for that. But, yeah, they've left the building intact. So when you step in, you just feel like you really step back in time. And then the chef there, he's just known for these great farm-to-table concoctions and cocktail pairings. But Prayer's Alley is really special. It is a historic street. It's only a block from Lower Broadway where all the honky-tonks are, but Printer's Alley kind of feel like you've stepped into a different world when you walk down that street. There are these wonderfully preserved historic buildings, um, and then in the 40s it transitioned into really an entertainment district. So, you know, if you're in Nashville, it is definitely a spot you want to stop in, and I highly recommend after you've had your whiskey, stop in Lonnie's Mm. Western Room. It's known for its karaoke. You just have to do it once. <laughs> that is cool. I have to tell you, Amanda, being from Los Angeles, I, I would not have expected your answer on there being a mafioso <laughs> connection. But that that is really cool, though. We have them all over uh, Tennessee. You know what it is? It's the we're only six six hours or so from Chicago, so uh, they've got a transport yeah. through, and the interstate runs right down to Nashville. So I'm guessing that. Uh, it was interstate access was the the draw. So we're on the way. And yeah, sure. that's right. I, I didn't see that, but, yeah, that, it, it seems to be true. That, that is cool. Would you tell us about the Tennessee State Capitol? Yeah, that the State Capitol is in Nashville. It looks very much the same way that it did when it was built in 1859. And, you know, visitors can go through the Capitol and do a guided tour, and that would be my recommendation, the best way to experience it. Um, Some interesting fun facts about the Capitol, and I work right across the street from it, and I'm reminded of this often when I walk by. Um, It was designed by architect William Strickland, and he became very ill during um, the construction of the Capitol, and he considered the state Capitol his kind of crowning achievement. So when he died during construction, he asked to be buried in the Capitol. So he is. He's buried in a crypt in the north part of the Capitol. But he's not the only person 
buried there. We also have the tombs of President and Mrs. James K. Polk on the grounds. And then another oh. prominent leader in the town, Samuel Morgan, he was, I believe, a city commissioner, and he really saw, he was probably the only person that saw the construction. It took a long time to build from beginning to end. He's buried in the east wall. So we've got a lot of um, great history and a few people buried in our capital, which I just think make it so interesting. But it is one of the oldest working capitals in the U.S. and a National Historic Landmark. So for history buffs or architecture buffs, a great stop on their trip. Oh, really good stuff. Now, Amanda, I hate to stop talking about Tennessee. We're having <laughs> such a great time. But we're coming close to the end. How do our Travelitch Radio listeners learn more about Tennessee? Yes, they can visit our website, tnvacation.com, or follow us on social at tnvacation. We welcome visitors to come. Great. So our special guest has been Amanda Murphy of the State of Tennessee's Department of Tourist Development. Thank you so much for being our guest on Travel Itch Radio. Thank you, Mary Ellen, and thank you, Roger. This has been really fun and a great pleasure. I hope we get to do it again. We that would so be too. awesome. I'm, yes, I'm sure we can twist Dan's arm. <laughs> well, you're going to have to come visit us in Tennessee, and I'll have to take you to some of my favorite places. We'll oh, get Dan here, too. It's, I think he's got a birthday coming. Happy birthday, Dan. That's right. Happy birthday, Dan. Yeah, is, is it well, today? thank you so much. It's tomorrow. It's it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't <laughs> I read that. I thought it was today. Tomorrow. <laughs> I thought it was today as well. Well, I did that's too. it for this edition. <laughs> oh, I apologize. No, <laughs> Ladies and no. gentlemen, everyone, this has been fun. And uh, I know that uh, General Schlossberg will not be happy that I've gone over, but it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> and that's it for this edition of Travel It's Radio. Next week, same time, same station. Dan Schlossberg will Thank be back you. to explore Maine's working maritime history with the Maine Windjammer Association. And, of course, this is Roger Noriega along with my host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.